As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform, with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. You're listening to episode 100. That's right. And it is brought to you by BioClarity and Vistaprint. To receive your free clarifying mask with your purchase of a skincare routine from BioClarity, just go to bioclarity.com and use the code LOVELY at checkout. And if you would like 500 high-quality custom business cards from Vistaprint starting at only $9.99, use the code LOVELY at vistaprint.com. Welcome to Cultivating the Lovely. I'm your host, Mackenzie Coppa. You can find out more about the podcast at cultivatingthelovely.com, in our Yellow Brick Road membership community at patreon.com slash cultivatingthelovely, and in our Facebook group. I would also love to connect with you on Instagram, where you can find me at Mackenzie Coppa. That's M-A-C-K-E-N-Z-I-E-K-O-P-P-A. Ladies, this week on the show, I have Jessica Honiger. She was so much fun to interview. Oh my goodness. This woman is a bundle of energy. By the time I got done talking with her, I felt like I had to take a deep breath because we had so much talking going on and it was so fast paced and it was so much fun. So I hope you guys really enjoy this episode. And I want to tell you about another fun thing. If you haven't been catching it yet, I am back doing a morning show, only this time it's on Instagram. We have been been doing it for two and a half weeks already. We've covered all sorts of fun topics, and I would love to have you join us over there. You can find me at Mackenzie Coppa on Instagram. That's M-A-C-K-E-N-Z-I-E-K-O-P-P-A. And I would love to get to interact with you in the mornings. I come on around 6.45 a.m. Pacific Standard Time, and we just chat about whatever topic it is that maybe we figured out the day before, maybe I've planned it in advance, or we just come up with it that morning, and we just chat, have our coffee. It's a great way to start the day. They usually last between 15 to 20 minutes. You can hop in and out, and we're just having a lot of fun doing it, and I would love to see you there. So come join me on Instagram in the morning. And of course, another way that you can get involved and be able to have a little bit more personal connection with me and get access to our What Ingrid and Fiona Like podcast, which is oodles of fun, if I do say so myself, plus our quarterly workbook. This quarter, we're working on playing to our strengths and kind of making up for those weaker areas with some life hacks. We've got book clubs that are coming up, especially in the month of February and then into the second quarter. We've got extra resources for people who are really involved with the Same Page podcast, which if you haven't checked out, you're really going to 
want to. It's five minutes or less of poetry, Shakespeare, scripture, presidential facts, plus classic children's novels that we are covering. They're great for you to listen to if you just want to get exposure to some of those things that you never really had in your education growing up, or if you want to expose your kids to them. It doesn't matter if you're a homeschooler or a public schooler. These resources are for anyone and everyone to get exposure to these amazing classic works and connect as a family over them. So be sure to find the same page wherever you get your podcasts. And if you want to get involved with all that Patreon action, then you can go to patreon.com slash cultivating the lovely. All right, without further ado, let's get on with this episode with Jessica Honiger. Welcome to the show, Jessica. Thanks for having me. It's so fun to have you. When we first got on the call, I was like, oh, yeah, I do recognize that voice because I listened to your audiobook. <laughs> so it sounds very familiar. <laughs> I love that. But oh, for people who it. aren't familiar with you, would you introduce yourself? Sure. Well, thanks so much for having me. I'm excited to get to talk with you today. I'm Jessica Honiger, and I wrote the book Imperfect Courage. And Imperfect Courage really is the story of my business called Noonday Collection. I started Noonday Collection around eight years ago, and we are a social impact fashion brand. And we create opportunity for artisans living in vulnerable communities around the world. And we do that by creating a marketplace for them here in America through a network of women that we call our social entrepreneurs. These are Noonday ambassadors, and they are earning an income, launching a career, while also making an impact. And it started as a fundraiser because I was broke, and we wanted to adopt to bring our third child into our family. We had two the old-fashioned way, and we did not have the money for it. And through a crazy set of circumstances, I was connected to some friends in Uganda who said, could you give this young couple a chance and start selling their goods in America? And I, I completely laughed them off until I was financially desperate and ended up saying, hey, is that offer still on the table? I opened up my home one night for women to come and purchase these Ugandan-made goods. And eight years later, that Ugandan couple now has 100 full-time employees. And we now work with 4,500 artisans around the world and have over 2,000 Noonday Collection ambassadors. So it's been a wild ride. Yeah. Yeah. And I think, you know, it's crazy when you think you're in the darkest of circumstances and yet you know, your setback can actually become your breakthrough. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. And I mean, I didn't realize, I mean, I guess eight years, it it sounds both long and short. Like that's an amazing amount to accomplish in that amount of time. Yeah. I kind of, I hold this tension too sometimes where I'm like, wow, that was fast. And yet at the same time, I see our potential and I'm someone who lives in our potential. Yeah. So I'm also like, oh my gosh, we have so much further to go. We're, yeah. you know, we want to be a well-recognized brand. You know, I want all of your listeners right now to be like, oh, Noonday, I know Noonday. Yeah. And we still have a ways to go to get there. So it's, it's both, I'm both, you know, I use our history now of impact, especially. I think that's something that's so unique about us because when I started New Day, there weren't a lot of social impact companies. There was Tom's that, and there were a lot of one-for-ones, but there weren't a lot of companies that were actually job creation, dignified job creation and really vulnerable places that have often been left out of the marketplace wasn't really a thing. And there's other companies out there doing similar things to what we do, but we were uh, the forerunners in it. Mm-hmm. And so we really get to have this history of impact and this history of learnings. Yeah. And now we 
professionalized. You know, we've got 60 employees and a really amazing leadership team. At the same time, I feel like now we're in the perfect position to really catapult forward. That's amazing. How how exciting. It is. Yeah. And one thing I just have to mention, I have to give a shout out to Jen Trainer, my daughter's preschool teacher, because she is an ambassador. And when I told her that you were coming on the show, she just stopped dead in her tracks. It was like, what? No way. I said, oh yeah. my God, that's so cool. I love that. Yeah, she said, tell her hi for me. She won't know who I am, but I just love her. I totally so. know who that is. She just, yeah, she, when I told her I was like reading your book and preparing, she just was so excited. So oh, yes, well, shout awesome. out to Jen. She's a hey, great Jen. preschool teacher. What's up, girl? <laughs> so I will tell her she's got to listen to this episode. Yeah, she will. But I, I loved your book because, you know, I'm sent a lot of books to read for the show right? and a lot of them yeah there a lot of them are very similar and so I really I'm I'm in a good place now to be able to kind of weed through what I actually want to have on the show but Mm -hmm. I love when one is story driven and not just I mean not that all nonfiction is dry I don't want to give that impression it's just harder for me to get through if there's not a narrative to it And so it was so fun to read your book that is not only chock full of wisdom, but it also has story. Like you were telling, like you said, the development of how your company happened. But even within that, there's so many smaller stories of amazing things that God did and things that you saw happen and challenges even that you guys had to overcome. It was just such an enjoyable reading slash listening experience. So well done on that front. Thank you. I appreciate that. I really see myself as a storyteller and that's how I approach this book. That's how I prepare for keynotes that I give. It's always like, okay, there's this story. What's the lesson? Yeah. And, and approaching this book, I, I approached it with so much trepidation and fear of God in a way because I have this story vault from over the years, you know, stories of ambassadors here in America whose lives have been changed by stepping into their worth and becoming, you know, business owners. And then stories of women from around the world whose lives have been transformed as well. And I thought, gosh, I want to tell these stories in a way that certainly shows how we're partners, that we're all partners. Like there's no one hero in this story of Noonday Collection. It really is a story of what happens when we grab the woman's hand that's next to us and borrow belief from her and she can borrow belief from us and we ignite that courage in one another. And, and that's, that was my favorite part of the book was getting to just write the stories and tell the stories. And I actually turned in my original manuscript was a hundred thousand words for a 60,000 <laughs> word book. <laughs> so, I had a lot of stories to tell. I bet but- that's not a problem that people usually have when they're writing a book. Right, right, right. My editor's like, I'm like, Oh, She's like, Jessica, people want like a book they can read basically yeah. <laughs> in a day or two. <laughs> so I was like, they want to be able to sit in the bathtub at night. Yeah. Like that's the audience. I'm like, okay, okay. That, so that'll have to be your next book. 
Right, right, exactly. But I love what you just said. I wasn't even going to go into this, but you made that comment about like holding each other's hands and like borrowing hope from each other. And that's something that has been so powerful in my life over the last year and a half. There have been so many times where I felt like I've just lost hope. Like I've I've told my friends, like, you're going to have to hope for me because I can't do it right now. And then my word for 2019 is hope. And so much of it, I feel Mm -hmm. like, is staked on my friends who are filling me up with the hope that they have. Mm -hmm. And I I love that idea. And you really hit on that throughout the book, how powerful being there for each other as women is. Absolutely. And I think to be there for one another, we have to understand there's power in our presence. Mm -hmm. I think when we diminish our own voice or we diminish what we have to give, then we don't bring it. We don't invest it because we think, ah, what I have doesn't really matter. doesn't really make a difference. So-and-so has so much more to give. And that's actually the called the bystander effect. It's well, it's not quite that, but it, there's a sociological phenomenon called the bystander effect that says that the more people that are around in a crisis, the less likely that person is going to be helped because so everyone crazy. assumes somebody else is going to get to it. Someone else is going to help her. Someone yeah. else is taking dinner to that person already. Someone else has already texted Mackenzie today to tell her it's all going to be okay. Someone, you know, like everybody's yeah. probably taking care of it and then nobody is taking care of it. And what I propose and perfect courage is that we coin a new phenomenon. We start a new phenomenon called the sisterhood effect. And that is when we stand up and we say, tag, I'm it. I'm not going to wait to, for someone else to tell me to to go do something. I'm going to be the solution to the problem that I see. And man, when I think about the women that own their own power and their own worth, and then they are able to just be like, my presence matters, you know? Mm -hmm. And I think it happens in the little ways, like, I am going to click. Yes. I'm an RSVP. Yes. I'm not just going to yeah. let this in my inbox and I'm yeah. not going to click maybe. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, I'm yeah. I'm going to be the woman that shows up and, you know, um, knows that my words matter and my presence matters and my gifts matter. And gosh, when we own that, I I think we just, we become unstoppable and we become the kind of woman that other women get to draw strength from, which is so powerful. I totally agree. And I think when we live into that, when we be who we were made to be and we fill those roles, we were made to fill there is something that just there's an overflow of that that we don't even necessarily realize I know I was giving a message last summer and talking about kind of the things that I've been through and whatnot and I had so many people come up to me so many more than I even expected who said I've gone through that same thing but I never thought about like looking for the good things like I just lived into Mm -hmm. the 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 hardness of it you know and so you like showed me oh I could be I can find happy moments even when things are you know bad overall you know like you could still find those little good things and if I hadn't been willing to be vulnerable then they wouldn't have heard that you know and I think that we all have to learn how to do that a little bit more in those vulnerabilities and and owning what we were made to do totally absolutely and you know then we get to I just love it because it it puts the focus on others instead of us because I think when we focus when you know we often ask ourselves, what do I lack? What do I need in order to accomplish God's purposes for my life? Instead of saying, 
what have I already been given? And I've got everything I need in order to be able to accomplish God's purposes for my life. And that is such a different level of energy then that you're bringing Mm -hmm. to your, to your future and to your business or your relationships, your parenting or whatever it might be. Like how powerful is that even as moms to be like, instead of be like, Oh man, I'm not the crafty type or mm-hmm. I'm not the read to the kids at the at night type, or I'm not, I'm naming all the things that like, yeah. I'm not, you know, yeah, that yeah, I've yeah. Said to myself instead of saying, you know what? I am really good at like deep connection, you yeah. know? And, and so I'm going to like, I'm going to figure out how to exploit that in my relationship with my kids. And, and it really does just, I don't know, you become more effective really. Yeah. I just, I love that this kind of organically came up because within Cultivating the Lovely, and we have a Patreon group also with women who work on challenges every month and um, every quarter. And the thing we're working on for first quarter of 2019 is playing to your strengths and figuring out those things that you are naturally good at, that God has created you for and capitalizing on them. It's everything you just said exactly. We've been really looking for like, where within your home are you good at it? You might not be that, you know, super sit down and play with play a game with your kid's mom, but where are you good at it? And I just think that's so important. I think it helps us to deal with our deficiencies a little bit better if we are really capitalizing on those strengths. If you guys have been following for a while, then you know skincare is a big deal to me. I talk about it a lot on Instagram. I'm a pretty avid clean your face, hydrate your face person. And I want to tell you today about one of the companies that I've been diligently using for most of the last year, and that is BioClarity. It's a garden-given, skin-loving beauty brand that wants to help you achieve beautiful, naturally glowing skin. What healthy eating does for your body, BioClarity does for your face. Their green skincare line offers essential products to help clear and calm your skin or keep it balanced on track with daily nutrients. Their products are 100% vegan, cruelty-free, paraben-free, sulfate-free, and artificial fragrance-free. And they have a 100% risk-free money-back guarantee. I specifically am a big fan of their Essentials Routine, which is a three-step regimen that is packed with gentle nutrients that nurture your natural radiance. You cleanse, restore, and hydrate. I love each one of these products. I feel like my skin is so fresh and clean after I use the cleanser. Their Floralux is my absolute favorite. It really helps me feel like I'm calming my skin, any sort of redness that I have with my skin. It has helped to tone down, and I literally feel like it's a smoothie for my face. It's this bright green stuff that I get to slather all over, and it really soaks in and feels like it's working. And then the Hydrate Step is also this really nice light cleanser, perfect to put on underneath my makeup every morning. If you want to join me, you can take the first step to healthier, more radiant skin by going to bioclarity.com. And right now, for my listeners, when you purchase a skincare routine, you'll get a free clarifying mask with your order. That's a $25 value for free, but you need to enter my code LOVELY at checkout. So go to bioclarity.com and use my code LOVELY at checkout to get your free clarifying mask when you purchase a routine. We at the New Day Collection office, we have about 60 employees now, and we use the Strengths Finder. Oh, yeah. Which was like a Gallup uh, founded the mm-hmm. whole Strengths Finder. And I think that one reason he came up with it is because, you know, I think as 
as little kids, we often are. It's like, if you're not that good at math, well, then you got to get the tutor. Mm -hmm. You know, it's like, we're always like, the focus is always seems to be overcoming the things that we aren't that good at instead of saying, what do I, what am I really good at? And what are my strengths? That's what I love about the strengths finder, because it's not necessarily identifying whereas like the Enneagram which I'm totally into that too. I know me too so much more about like oh my gosh I'm a horrible person yes. this is your where... motivation for all the things that you do and you just hang your head in shame exactly whereas the strengths find like oh yeah okay I'm really good at you know catalyzing people I like that it's so, so funny uh... you say that though because when I took the strengths finder I don't know if this like speaks to my Enneagram type or what, but I was like, oh my gosh, I can't believe those are my strengths. Like, I don't want to tell anyone my strengths are being strategic and competitive. Like that Isn't that what feels we like do, the wrong thing to be good at. But that's what's so crazy. That is what is so crazy. And so we diminish these things that are so good. And then when we diminish something, we don't bring them to bear on the world, which is why God gave them to us to begin with, you know? So, and of course there's like the weak side of every strength, but you know, I, I find I ended up doing a 360 feedback with an executive coach this last year. And that's basically, she got input from my executive team and from ambassadors and from my spouse and gave this 360 view of how other people experience me. Interesting. So of course I'm going to receive the feedback from her of what everyone said. And I am going scared. I'm just like, it's going to be, I'm going to be traumatized for the rest (laughs) of my life. Yeah. And she delivers the feedback and the negative feedback. I was like, yes, I can see how other people experience me as critical and diminishing and not being a good listener and operating too fast and treating everything urgently. And then when she got to the good feedback, she's like, Jessica, you have people in your life that said they are at noonday because of you. You see potential in others. You have catalyzed people. You help people live in the realm of possibility. You are passionate. You are enthusiastic. And I looked at her and I rolled my eyes and I was like, oh, Oh, great. Yeah. I was like, passionate. That sounds like a romance model. (laughs) Enthusiasm. That's like what people say to cheerleaders. (laughs) And she looked at me and she said, in all of my years, of being an executive coach, I have never had an executive look at me and diminish the positive feedback that they're getting. And it really gave me pause because I, I really did blow it off. Like what you're saying, mm-hmm. just like, ah, oh, strategic, blah, who needs that? Yeah. And then it was a couple months after that, I attended an executive leadership conference at Harvard, which hello, I'm at Harvard. I'm like, yeah. you don't even want to know what my GRE score was. <laughs> I'm no, I mean, my SAT scores are vaulted still. <laughs> and, you know, imposter syndrome is just like, I'm like, what am I doing here? I don't deserve to be here. And I'm in this room and I'm like, do I take my statement earrings off? Do I keep <laughs> them on? Like, do I pull the glasses off? What do I do to, you know, be fit in here? And we had so many amazing professors teach us in the course of those days. And there was like this professor who had been called upon by Uber to go do the whole Uber turnaround a couple of years ago. And there was another professor who sold his company for a billion dollars like 10 years wow. ago. There was this other professor, her name was Linda Applegate, and she had to have been in her 70s, 
and she had the energy of a 20 year old and she bounced around the classroom. And when anyone was called upon to answer a question, she would go running up right next to them and crouch right beside them and, you know, hear their answer. And when any of us were sharing a concern that we were having at work, she would just give a rich story from her past. And she was full of passion. And I was mm. walking in to the classroom one day and I was walking past her and I turned around and I looked at her and I said, thank you so much. You are so filled with passion. Mm. And it was in that moment I thought, I am thanking her for exactly how other people yeah. have thanked me for. And then I thought, maybe other people experience me the way they're experiencing Linda. Yeah. And if that's true, like, oh my gosh, I, I can lift a room. I have, I'm able to help people live in this realm of possibility and to believe in themselves. And suddenly I thought I started appreciating what I had been giving them, which is crazy because I'm <laughs> 32, I think. And I've been like leading this company for eight years. And suddenly I'm like, I am no longer going to be like ah, passion, whatever. What does that have to do with anything? I'm like owning it. I'm like, you know what? I can lift a room. Like there's something to be said about that. Like, yeah. you know, and so anyway, it's, it's powerful. So I love that that is your theme for 2019. I'm gonna have to start listening to your podcast. Well, yeah. Join our Patreon. Get in a group. Yeah, <laughs> I'm kidding. Yeah. That's but awesome. I, I just, I love those stories and, and what a gift, like those little things, like God gives us those little things. Like maybe that's why you were there to just be able to see like, oh, that's the gift I appreciate in her. So why shouldn't I appreciate it in me? Totally, totally, totally. I love that. That's so much fun. So now, though, you do have me really curious what you are on the Enneagram. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Do you want to guess? Do you want to guess? Is it a three? No. No. Is it an eight? Are you a three? I'm a three. Okay, you're a three. No, I'm a seven. Okay, that, that should have been apparent to me. Yeah, yeah. And seconds, okay. We're, we're the enthusiasts. Yes. And what's so interesting about us that I'm still kind of like, I'm still trying to figure it all out. It's so crazy, but because we can come off as those high achievers, you mm -hmm. know, we and because we can achieve a lot, but our yeah. motivation is all about personal freedom. So yeah. I want to be successful. I want Noonday to do well because that means I can hire more people and not have to do all the work that yeah. I don't really enjoy doing, or it means that, you know, we'll have more income as a business to get to pour into doing the things that I really want to do. And it's all about like, the more successful we are, the more freedom that we'll have, like as a company, the more freedom I'll have. And then ultimately what's interesting is Noonday Collection, if you think about it, our ambassador opportunity is yeah. all about creating personal freedom for women. So we're like, yeah, you wanna work from home, you wanna earn an income on your own schedule while changing the world. And then for our artisans, if you think about it, we're all about bringing freedom to their lives. Oh, you know? especially I would say. Yeah. Yeah. So it's funny how like my own personal motivation in life is ended up being like, well, that's what I want for everyone is personal yeah. freedom. Yeah. <laughs> but it is everyone to have my number. <laughs> right, right, yeah. right. But well, yeah, it's funny. They say that the sevens are the only ones that like want everyone else to be like them. Yeah. But, um, but it is interesting because I think threes achieve so much, but sevens are just, we're not as like goal oriented or we don't get the, um, don't feel the like personal accolade from it. It's more yeah. like 
we get to achievement and we're like, we just want the next, the more, 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 yeah. because more is always better. So yeah. anyway, it's, it's very, it's been kind of interesting. Yeah, it is. I've just been getting into said, it more. When you said your strengths were competitive and strategy, I was like, oh, she's a three. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. And that, my whole executive team is three. Uh... <laughs> Whenever we have an ambassador and I'm like, she's a three, I'm like, oh, good. She's going to crush it. Oh, that's hilarious. Yeah, it's something I've just, I was actually, I'd been debating. For, some friends have been telling me you're a seven. Some people had said a three. And then when I really looked into it, I was like, oh, yeah, no, I'm a three. But it was really interesting to see then how, like, my Myers-Briggs and my Strengths Finder both kind of coincided to make the three make sense. So, yeah. What's your Myers-Briggs? ENFP. Okay. Yeah. yeah, which a lot of times they're sevens also, but I'm a three. See, I'm not an ENFP. Okay, I'm an I'm an ESTP, oh, which okay. is a weird combination. Yeah, but they, they say those are the ones like the doers, you know. So yeah. we just kind of do before we like we act before we think. We're just quick. We're very quick. We're quick in our minds. We're quick on our feet. We're quick to talk. Yeah, <laughs> we're just quick. <laughs> our mind never stops. We just go go go. Um. And yeah. yeah, it's it's interesting. It is interesting. I love all that personality stuff. But this brings me to another kind of interesting thing that I sure hope this is your book I'm remembering because <laughs> I've read a lot of them lately. But I I, I'm pretty sure it was yours where you talked about almost like giving the side eye to books before that were being oh, written yeah. and then changing your mind and deciding to write one. So oh, yeah. how did you really come to that place of deciding that it would be a good idea? Oh, I have just repented so much from <laughs> judging and I have good friends that are authors and, you know, I think it was really realizing that it's not so much about like coming up with something new, something that's never been said. But again, it was owning like my own life story. Cause yeah. in the same way, nobody has my gifts and my strengths. Nobody has my storyline yeah. and my storyline might actually help someone. And when I realized that it wasn't about being like a special snowflake, you know, it was <laughs> yeah. just about like, well, this is what I have to bring and maybe it's going to impact someone. I think that just really helped me to, to let go and, yeah. and to go ahead and just move forward. And, and I certainly have just now, now I'm like, I want everyone to write a book because yeah. the process was so transforming. Oh, it was I so bet. clarifying and I, I would wish it on anyone, you know, whether they're going to publish or not, because mm -hmm. it just was such a gift for me to be able to do that, especially I'd been running so fast running a company. And so being able to pull back a little and reflect, yeah, it was, it was awesome. Um, so yeah, you know, you know, I mean, yeah. I also used to just working moms and look at me now. I so know well, that question is coming, <laughs> but okay. so with all that, you said you had to pull back a little bit. I'm sure that just that introspective process was amazing, but how did you logistically make it work to write a book and still be running your company? Yeah, really. It was a decision. So we made this decision as a team and the collection actually owns my book. I don't own the book. Oh, wow. I don't make any money off of the book. It's all to fund any sort of programs we might get 
uh, do in Noonday. And um, it really took having a team in place. I also got a lot of help. So we have a full-time writer on staff that, you know, helped me a ton, helped me verbally process a lot. I have a friend who's worked with me over the years who's just really good. At, uh, she actually does have a Harvard degree. Actually. Oh, wow. Yeah, and it, she's very good at distilling. So whereas I turned in a hundred thousand word manuscript, <laughs> like she's able to like take five hundred words and put them into ten and have them be just as effective. Yeah. So I really, again, I approach life very collaboratively, and I was able to kind of reach out and get a lot of help and ask for help. So that that was huge. So I didn't, if I ever got like massive writer's block, I would just punt it and be like, I'm stuck. Take this. You know, here's what I'm trying to say. Someone else would write it. I'd come back to me. I'd edit, you know, so it was very much a back and forth situation, but yeah, it was definitely a team, team decision because a lot of, um, you know, a lot of other people had to take up where I, you know, or had to work around schedule, which was annoying for people, but, um, but yeah, yeah, no one's, no one at the office is talking about my second book. Let's just put it that way. (laughs) (laughs) That's hilarious. But I mean, that's amazing that you were able to write in that way. Like how, I mean, you've got so much collaboration happening in the actual company, but to get to write this work that is really about all those people and have them be so integral to the actual process of the book, that had to be pretty powerful too. Girl, I got an email today and it was from one of our artisans in Delhi and her name is Sunita and she used to be in this horribly abusive marriage getting getting physically abused and not even knowing she had a right as a woman in India mm. to prosecute. And she eventually got a job making jewelry for noonday. Wow. And that's where she learned her rights as a woman. Then she eventually started a healthcare program for her community. Wow. And I got a picture today of her standing in her slum, holding up my book proud with a big smile on her face. Cause wow. I, I shared the story in the book and I just started bawling and I was like, this is it. it. It is collaborative. Like it was always about elevating the worth of women around the world. And I, there's this quote by Maya Angelou and it says, I come as one, I stand as 10,000. And I often think about, you know, invisible ink. And if mm-hmm. I were to like, you know, I think there's just so much invisible ink all over the front of my book. Like it's got my name on the front as Brene Brown. <laughs> Brene <Yeah>. Brown. <laughs> But then it's got, you know, all of these women, all these, all of our home office, all of our ambassadors. And that's why it's like, I, I'm like, I don't know how I could approach a book again, just because this was such a unique, um, situation. Yeah. That's, that's amazing. And just so powerful. I just, yeah, I could see how, especially your artisans getting to read it has got to be really cool for them to be able to see how that whole story had to transpire in order for them to have the life change that they're having. Yeah. And it's really cool because we got news that it's being translated into Vietnamese, which wow. we have Vietnamese artisans and then and Portuguese and we've got Brazilian artisans. So it's, it's pretty awesome. I'm like waiting on Spanish. I'm like, please, for the love, please. Yeah. I hope I someone, I think it, I don't, I don't know the whole process, but I think publishers in other countries have to purchase the rights to the book. And oh, anyway, yeah. well, that's idea, cool. but... hopefully it just continues to expand and, and all those people get to take part in something that they are already a part of. Yes. Yes. Absolutely. I know.
know a lot of you listeners are small business owners like myself, and we know that being plugged in and prepared when an opportunity comes up is crucial. Those moments happen all the time. And having a business card that shows how professional you are in your pocket, ready to hand out, is the first step to making something happen. And that's why I'm excited to tell you about today's sponsor, Vistaprint. Because your next big opportunity could be coming today, and all it takes to feel like you're ready to own the now is $10. That's a low price to have the confidence that you're always ready to make an impression or get seen in a new way. A custom card with the colors, fonts, and designs and images you choose means you can look and feel like a big deal whether you're a startup or a business with a century of history, and it doesn't have to be hard. With Vistaprint, you can create a truly professional, unique card in just minutes. Upload your own design or start with one of their professionally designed options. Vistaprint offers simple tools and a wide range of templates to choose from. Pick the paper, stock, style, and quantity that's right for you. Choose your delivery speed. Order and receive your cards in as few as three days. Vistaprint uses only carefully selected inks and responsibly sourced paper stocks. Dozens of designs that are just right for your business. Add your logo and contact information with just a few clicks and know you can use it on all your marketing going forward. Your satisfaction is 100% guaranteed or they'll make it right, either by reprinting your order or offering a refund. Vistaprint wants you to be able to own the now in any situation, which is why our listeners will get 500 high-quality custom business cards starting at $9.99. Use code LOVELY at vistaprint.com. That's code LOVELY at vistaprint.com. LOVELY at vistaprint.com. Okay, but I do want to come to this other question because it's one that hits very close to home for me having to have a big change in perspective over the last year and a half. And that's on what being a mom is supposed to look like. Like, I know you talk about that in the book that you had these very distinct ideas, largely based on your own mother and how she was. And you felt like you needed to be that same thing in order to be considered a good mom. But then your life really took on a very different look because you went to work and that you had to reconcile what that meant to be a good mom. Do you want to just talk about that process and and how you came to where you are now? Yeah, absolutely. And I love my mom and thank I'm so thankful for the Enneagram, which I discovered actually pretty much after I finished with this manuscript mm. because I was able to look and go, she's a nine. She's a nine on the Enneagram, which is the peacemaker. And Mm -hmm. so I'm like, oh, that was just her nature was to avoid conflict and to keep the peace. And I mean, nines, they really like being at home on their couches, you know? So (laughs) like being a stay at home mom for my mom, it was great. It was like no schedule, all the flexibility in the world, you know? And I can look back and think, you know, that it wasn't just, I think I framed it for so long as, um, so around gender roles because I grew up in the South and my dad was very old fashioned. And so I think there was definitely that, I mean, the day after my parents got married, my dad's like, okay, honey, you can quit your job now and be a full-time homemaker. I'm like, they didn't even have kids yet. It's like, what the heck dad? Like, come (laughs) on, hold your own t-shirts for the love. (laughs) I see there there was the gender role presence there, but then there was also the natural personality bent of my mom. And I Mm -hmm. took after my dad. My dad's a seven. He's a raging entrepreneur. He's a fireball. And I just had such a hard time reconciling this idea of, well, my mom is such a great mom. And so once I graduated from college and then eventually I got married, it was like, okay, I guess I just 
prepare to be a homemaker now? Like, is that the deal? And, um, but that never felt really good for me, but it was also the only thing I knew. And then I remember when I had my first, um, even at the time, some of my cousins had babies a few years ahead of me and they were working. And I just remember thinking, oh my gosh, how could they, you know, farm that out to somebody else? I mean, it was awful when I look back and, you know, I think, of course, ultimately they were doing what I think I wanted. I think I wanted that freedom, but then was too afraid to just embrace that. And so then I started noonday and I'm forced into, well, I have to hire a nanny, you know, mm-hmm. because I got to go to the office now and I got a business partner, my business partner. I started noonday and then after about a year, I got a business partner who was living off his savings account and he had three kids. Mm -hmm. in order to see Noonday become successful. So it was like, there was no side hustling anymore. It was like, it's it. We put our eggs in this basket. And I think it was when I hired the nanny, it was like, oh my gosh, I never saw myself as being a nanny needing mom. And how do I reconcile this. And I also had these crazy expectations that if you did parenting a certain way, then your, your kids would come out a certain way. Uh, Yeah. (laughs) Perfect parenting. Yeah. Perfect kids. Right. Is that the formula? Definitely. Uh Mm -hmm. Right. It's bound to go well. (laughs) If that is your formula, you are setting yourself up for failure because there is no perfect parenting and there are no perfect kids. Yeah. And I think I had to let go of this outcome that I had in my head. And then I had to realize that 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 was a completely like my definition of motherhood was built on. It was a unicorn version of myself Mm. where I thought, gosh, if I could be that mom, then my kids will turn out. Then I'll be able to escape a life of blame and shame. And I think just realizing, you know, my journey was way different than my own mom's and that I meant to like run this company and that there could be a a place for paradox. And once I saw, you know, once I was able to embrace paradox, it freed me from that paralysis of perfectionism. And I was able to see, you know what, there is a world where where I can be a really good CEO and I can be a really good mom. Yeah. Those things are not mutually exclusive. And it was one night, my daughter, she was probably six or seven and noonday had been going on for a couple of years and I was putting her to bed one night and she said, mommy, I'm so glad we adopted Jack because if we wouldn't adopted Jack, you wouldn't have started noonday mm. and noonday has helped so many people and it's helped so many people in Uganda, but mommy, it's really helped our family. And in that moment, I realized that Noonday was not at the expense of my family, but yeah. it was for my family's wishing as well. And that all of this is going to be used for for the good of them. In fact, I had someone tell me the other day, so my kids are now 9, 10, and 12. They're all about to make the switch. So that's yeah. why I paused. <laughs> is that how old they are? <laughs> and um, this couple was like, Jessica, I've never seen kids like yours where they stop, they look me in the eye, they ask me questions about myself. Like, what kid is like, so how was your day? Yeah. And well, you know what? It's because we have taken them on, we take our ambassadors around the world mm-hmm. to meet the artisans. And we've took like 200 women around the country, around the world last year. And then we have our Shine Conference every year, which hundreds of ambassadors descend upon Austin. My kids always come to that. And my kids have just been around enough adults and I'm always telling them like, 
you guys treat these women like a million bucks. And you know what helps people to feel really seen and known is when you ask them questions about themselves because people love to talk about themselves. So make sure you look people in the eyes and you talk to them. And so that would not exist without noonday, you know? And so I, I was just able to see, you know, that my mom did it one way. I did it another way. And there's no one, there's no one right way. Yeah. Yeah. I think it kind of comes back again to what I was saying earlier about the playing to your strengths thing. And not only just those kinds of opportunities and lessons that we give our kids, but I've noticed in myself, like I fought really hard to be that really good homemaking, homeschooling mom for a lot of years. And I always felt that tension of, but I, I felt like I gave up all the good things I was naturally good at to try to do all the things that came really hard to me. And I wasn't having like success in anything and letting that down and deciding like, I don't have to be that perfect homemaking mom. It's okay. God's actually given me these talents to pursue and be good at them for a reason. And there's that conflict in my spirit. I don't have that anymore. Like Mm, I feel like I finally get to do those things that he he made for me to do. And I, and I'm a better mom to my kids Mm -hmm. because I'm not frustrated all the time. I get to enjoy the time that I have with them and really pour into the lives in the ways that I'm good at. Like you were saying, like, I'm really good at going deep into relationship. I'm not so good at, you know, teaching them to read. (laughs) Right. (laughs) Amen. Yeah. So it's been a really, really great thing for me to realize I'm a better mom because I'm doing what he made me to do. Absolutely. Absolutely. It's 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 a good place to be in. And it can be really hard. I know we have a lot of homeschooling moms and a lot of homemakers. And I don't think either of us are diminishing that in any way. Because some of my very best friends are the best homemakers I've ever met. I mean, they're incredible. They're gifted at it. Like it just comes so naturally to them and you can tell they're in their element and God is using them in amazing and beautiful ways in their homes and through their children. Mm -hmm. And it's, they call me to be better at mothering and all of those things. Like they help me to do that. But then I know that I also offer good things by doing the things that he's created for me. So it's, it's a really good give and take. It is. Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, it was so fun to talk with you today. I think we hit on a lot of really great things. And so I now am coming to the portion of the interview where we talk about the questions that I ask of everybody. So what does a typical day look like for you? You know, I do not have a typical, typical day because of travel, but I will give you, if I have had a very typical week, which is a gift, which I love. So I'll tell you a typical day would me, would be me waking up and I have, it's all about like, if I'm going to do a a. 7am workout or an 8.30am workout. (laughs) So if I'm doing a seven, I get up around 6.15 and I have a 15 to 20 minutes of just quiet meditation and prayer. And then I, my husband does all the morning routines. So I'm sorry for all of you single moms that (laughs) that I know that that is impossible for y'all to do, but that is something we've kind of worked out. So he, he does a morning routine while I'm able to kind of get ready slowly. And then I take my daughter to school 
And I then go ahead to a workout, either a spin class or I do this like crazy Pilates reformer class. Um, and then it all depends on when my first meeting of the day is. If it's a little bit like later, like 10, then I come home, possibly showered, or maybe just do some dry shampoo. <laughs> Otherwise, I you will find me in the office a lot in my workout clothes, unless I have to like have some sort of media appearance or a Facebook Live or something like that. I am I currently, right now, I'm still wearing my spin shoes from this morning, and it is 2.45 as we're speaking. <laughs> um, and then at work, I it, it just really varies. I am the chief creative officer as well as the co-CEO. So it's a lot of uh, creative meetings. It's a lot of looking ahead into the future, talking about trends and product marketing campaigns, as well as working with our executive team over just integrating the whole business. And then also just being that inspirer and cheerleader for our ambassador community. And then I usually head home around five-ish and hang with my fam. My, my new year's word is, is home. Oh. Um, and I actually am, I am making it my intent this year to redefine what homemaking means for me and that I can be a working mom and still be a homemaker. Um, because my husband quit his job a year and a half ago to be the homemaker. Wow. And the pendulum really swung the other way where like, I'm like, Oh my gosh, I had, didn't cook all like nothing all last year. So <laughs> I've cooked dinner three times this week Look and, at you go. and I'm on fire right now. And I'm just going to share those home responsibilities a little more. Last year I had a book tour and I traveled to a lot of different countries. My dad was diagnosed with cancer. It was just oh. kind of a crazy year. Yeah. So this year I'm just thinking about what does it mean to be a homemaker? Like what does it mean to take care of the home that I live in my body? What does it mean to invest in my home? What does it mean to, let God like make his home in me. Like I am God's home. And so I'm just, I, it's a, been a cool word because yeah. I, as a seven, like I want to get out of anything and everything that doesn't, isn't like fun and exciting. <laughs> and you know, like usually home life in the evenings is just pretty ordinary, you know? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and I'll escape that by getting on my phone or just by, Oh my God, when my husband goes out of town, it's a joke. My kids are like, we're like, we'll wake up in the morning. They're like, what are we doing tonight? Cause they know that I will not be home. We like, we will go, we will get out of the <laughs> That's house. Funny. So I'm just learning to like embrace my home a lot more. That's a good one. And that was really fun to hear what a somewhat typical day would be like yeah. for you. Yeah. yeah. Sorry, I went on a tangent. No, that was great. I, I love tangents. They are what make this podcast. So awesome. they're great. Okay. So how are you currently cultivating loveliness right now? Do you think it would be just pressing into home? I do. I really do. Just finding loveliness in the ordinary instead of the extraordinary because yeah. I have a pretty incredible job with a lot of extraordinary yeah. and I don't want to, I want to see God in the ordinary as well. That's really good. I love that. Okay. So the re way that I'm currently cultivating loveliness in my life, it's a silly thing, but oh my goodness, my 12 year old, he's, he'll be 13 pretty soon. Um, we have started watching Downton Abbey together. Oh, that's so great. Yeah, which I know, like, everybody listening to the show, you have to make the own your own decision for your kids and when they'd be ready and there are things. And, you know, okay, all those disclaimers aside, I know that the movie is coming out next September, and I thought just maybe he would be into it. And he 
loves it and he just he gets the jokes and he loves the dowager and like he quotes her all the time and it's so fun like if anybody does something wrong around the house he'll say do you want Mosley to die he just comes up with all these things and it's he makes all the faces she makes and so it's been like this great bonding thing when we get the younger kids down to bed earlier in the evening then he's like are we gonna watch Downton (laughs) yes we're gonna watch Downton so yeah I have no idea what we're gonna do with ourselves when we get through the whole thing but we are having so much fun right now so that's that is our lovely there's nothing better than settling into a family movie at the end of the night so yeah I fully endorse your move thank you we just get to wind down and it's super fun okay are you ready for my stock questions I am okay candles or essential oil diffuser candles okay cloth napkins or paper cloth city or country yeah this is always really hard for me (laughs) I'm going to combo it. Okay. A city like Cape Town that also is like right on the ocean. Ah, that's a good one. Okay. Paper or digital? Digital. Okay. Shopping online or in the store? Online. Okay. It's four o'clock or whatever time you make dinner since you're making dinner now. (laughs) And (laughs) you need a mental break. Do you listen to a podcast or to music? Music. And what is some of your favorite music to listen to? I have Alexa, and I'm usually asking Alexa to play uh, Willie Nelson channel. Ah, okay. We have not <laughs> had that response okay. so far. <laughs> there you go. I'll take it. Okay, chocolate, milk or dark? Dark. All right. Sports or no sports? No sports. All right. Live broadcasting, would you rather broadcast or watch? broadcast I kind of thought that might be the answer (laughs) (laughs) what is your favorite movie Mm, nothing is just like popping into my brain right now I just read a book that I loved well you can tell Uh, us that if you want to (laughs) okay born a crime by Trevor Noah oh okay so good all right where would you put yourself on the crunchiness spectrum if zero is totally not crunchy and 10 is like completely crunchy singing kumbaya by the fire with your legs unshaven and dreadlocks in your hair? So I have only had home births. So that's me too, girl. So there you go. However, I also wear eyelash extensions and get spray tans and wear peels. So I don't know. I'm a combo. Yes. We're an enigma. We are. Yes, we are. I I will take it somewhere on the higher end of the spectrum. Let's just go with it. Okay. Okay. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) Well, it was so fun to have you on and get to chat about your book. It was truly a joy. Thank you so much for coming on. Thanks for having me. This was a great conversation. Yes. And I'm sure we'll we'll be waiting for news on that second book. (laughs) When you convince your you convince your whole team. (laughs) Okay. That's right. Thanks so much. Absolutely. Wasn't Jessica fun? Man, that girl's got some energy. I wish I could feed a little bit off of that and have some more for myself. If you want the show notes for this episode, you can go to boldturquoise.com slash 100. Yep, that's right. Episode 100. This is our 100th episode. That's pretty fun and amazing, right? 
Also, I have links to my daughter's preschool teacher's website for Noonday Collection. So if you like what they have to offer and you want to order anything, it'd be awesome if you would give her a little shout out, tell her I sent you, and order something directly from her. Her name is Jennifer Trainer. And if you're wanting to spread the love, especially since this is episode 100, we would love and adore if you would leave a rating and review in iTunes. It takes just a minute to do, but it makes a big difference for us. And if you would share about this episode to your friends, friends, share it on social media, tell people at the bus stop, tell people wherever you possibly can. We would be ever so grateful if you would do so. It really makes a difference. Just a little bit of word of mouth exposure really goes a long way and we so appreciate it. So thank you to all of you who already do so. I know there are a lot of you who are and for those of you who are about to. All right, ladies, that's it for this week's episode. Next week, I will be back with the incomparably lovely Lisa Leonard, one of my favorite interviews so far. She is so sweet. I love her new book, Brave Love, and I can't wait for you to all hear it. So until then, go be bold and gracious. As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com podcast. That's Indeed.com podcast. Terms and conditions apply. 